One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. Taking life with a grain of salt and lie. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. Nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote. Two stand-up comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up, really. Okay, we got a hot podcast coming up. Hannah got stuck at the North Pole. Dusty goes to NACA and auditions for colleges. I'm Dusty Slay. I'm Hannah Hogan. This is the We're We're Having a a Good Good Time Time Podcast. All right, so we started over. We had started... And then we started over because Hannah made some dirty jokes, made me uncomfortable. I wanted to delete them, and then it got weird, and now I'm just explaining it because we had a nice little riff going, and then uh, and then it just Honestly, got, my jokes were funny, but just not on your brand, so now yeah. it creates a riff. Well, us. it just got weird, and I just don't want it to get weird. And now – so I want to address it because I feel like the energy is weird between <laughs> me and Hannah now, so I feel like that it's better if I just get it out of the way. But we, we, we have a hot podcast – talked about for a while how we always seem to say that we have a hot podcast and hannah seems to think that a lot of them aren't that hot but and that and that was all fun and lighthearted. yes and then let's not say the joke again but uh, what i'm saying is we're we're two comics out on the road we're doing a lot of things we got a lot of stuff happening and then you know so we go out we do these things and then we get back to the house and we start talking about <laughs> Uh, our weekends and our weekends are different from each other. Now, in the first draft so, of this podcast, as he said, we come together back at the house. So you can see where I might have taken that joke. Right. So, but we aren't going to go over it right now. No, I mean, if we if we go over the whole thing again, then you know, then what was the point of deleting the other one? That's right. So I'm just trying to keep a clean podcast. I think this is fun. I think this is a real slice of life. To our relationship and our um, and, you know, intermarital, interpersonal relationships. Yeah. So, but what I'm the point that I'm trying to make, aside from all that, is that yes, this is an exciting, uh, always exciting episodes because we are doing things. We're yeah. always out. We're not sitting around the house, then coming here and going. All right. So this week I was twiddling my thumbs on the on the couch, and uh, and now I just thought I'd come on here and talk for a while. Man, I'd love to twiddle my thumbs a little bit. We we always have uh, stuff going on. I mean, uh, just this week. I mean, you know, we have. Uh, you know, let's go ahead and do where we've been, where we're going, where they going, where they been, where they going, where where they been, where we're going, where we've been. All right, so um, you know, this weekend, Hannah, you flew to Houghton, Michigan. Are we going to talk about my shows right now? Yeah. All right. Well, well let's first address. So, um, Roy Scoville came to Zany's in Nashville, and um, he uh, kindly offered me a, a guest spot on Thursday night, and I obviously really wanted to do it, so I uh, accepted it. And but then I accepted it before I realized how far away my gig is. Uh, was this weekend, which was 
14 hours up to the northern peninsula. So I was like, ah, I don't want to cancel my like guest spot with Rory or whatever, but I also like have no way of driving from Nashville to get to my show on time in northern Michigan. So I ended up booking a flight to Houghton on Friday. Anyway, so I did a guest spot with Rory. That was super fun. And then the next day I woke up and I flew to Houghton, Michigan. Now Houghton, Michigan is in the northern peninsula of America, of Michigan, and it's uh, way up north. It's very far. I actually want to say that when I when you left, I wanted to make sure that you had a ride from the airport to your hotel. So I called uh, the hotel and asked about a shuttle, and they were they acted weird about it at first. Like they said, "Well, we need a twenty four hour notice for a shuttle." And I was like, well, "What do you have, Lyft or whatever up there?" And she goes, "Yeah, I think we have one Lyft driver." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh," she was like, "Yeah, we're pretty remote." Yeah, they don't have anything, and the airport that I landed in in Houghton really just resembled a Greyhound bus station. Very rural, very rural. Um, but the shows were great. I did a show, and the town was really pretty. It was sort of like a winter wonderland. They had like five feet of snow. They had ski doos and snowmobiles, and and it was just you know pretty. And and because I flew, I actually wasn't exhausted from hours of driving, and it was really spoiled me because I'm like, oh, this is what it feels like to just fly to a gig. Yeah. Oh, so there isn't a film of depression on me for no real reason. Hank okay, Williams great. Jr. Hank Williams Jr. had a song called "High and Pressurized," and he says. Uh, it, it don't take long to get there when you're high and pressurized, right? And I always just thought he was talking about drugs. I thought he was talking about being drunk and high. Mm. But he's talking about flying. And he's like, the best way to travel is flying. And the only way to go there is high and pressurized. And it really is. I mean, I drove a little bit this weekend, and my goodness, do I hate it now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my blood pressure in my body's messed up. I think my veins aren't even circulating in a normal way anymore because of how much sitting and driving I do, but... So I flew up to Houghton and and it just was I was actually still tired because I didn't sleep the night before, but it was just normal tired. It was normal sleep deprived tired, not normal sleep deprived tired and eight hours in a car looking and staring down your life in a barrel via the metaphor of the road. And it's just very it's very in, in, in inexplicable kind of tired that you can't even describe unless you've lived that life. So I flew to Houghton and I did the shows. We just had two shows, one Friday, one Saturday, and I was headlining. And um, it was really fun, actually, because they only do five shows a year in winter because just to give something to the town during the long winter months. And I guess they've been doing it for over 20 years, which is cool. And um, Real legacy. Yeah, real legacy. And um, I guess I'll just share this. I had a good time. It was fun. Um, my feature was really fun. And But um, so when they were – introducing the show at the beginning on Friday and Saturday, the the manager comes up on stage and he, and he kind of just kind of welcomes everybody to the show and kind of introduces the show a bit. And he said, and so the manager said at the beginning on Friday, he's like, okay, so no, well, normally what we do is we have a male headliner and a, a female feature or two guys or two girls. But tonight for the first time ever, we're doing something a little differently. And I just wanted to let you guys know about it. We're just doing something a little differently. Uh, we have a woman, closing the show tonight it's going to be a, a woman headliner she's going to be doing most of the time and uh i was just sort of sitting there i didn't really think much about it and then after the show my feature came up to me and he was like i can't believe they said that to you about the feature and about a woman headlining it's so annoying how people make a big deal out of female comedians and it made me think like wow i am so inured to 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 things like that at this point that I didn't even notice that that was weird. I was just kind of like, oh, okay, that's how dead inside I am. That, <laughs> that people like make kind of like subtle or unconscious sexist sort of stuff, and I'm, I don't even notice it. 
Because because my things too, I wasn't even mad. I'm like, dude, this is like a guy. This is a very rural fellow in northern Michigan trying to keep people from killing themselves in the winter, and he doesn't know about like the woke terminology of talking about female headliners. Like, should he know? Yeah, I guess. But I mean, I don't. I honestly don't really care. Like, I feel like I should care, but I don't care. And that's yeah, and that's think, what's happened to me. I think you're at a great level of understanding, and uh, you're not letting things bother you and get all. I mean, because well, I feel like I'm so inured to it that I it's yeah, like but, it, well, it's like that's nothing. But what good would it have done you to be annoyed by it? Nothing. And, and then exactly. the, and then the other thing is is like, well, as long as I do a good job, then I don't really care. Right, but it wouldn't do you any good to be annoyed by it. Yeah, but I felt like my feature was like more annoyed, and he was a guy, and he was like, I can't, like, I feel like he was like thinking I was upset about it, and I'm like, oh no, like you just pointed that out to me that I should be upset about right. it, but, but I'm fine. What with a it. better world to live in yeah. when you can walk around and people can say things to you, yeah. and you don't even notice, or it kind of bounces off, and you just go, whatever, I'm just up here to do comedy, I don't care. Right. It's so great. It's a great place to be. Yeah. Proud of you. Okay. Very happy for you. Yeah, yeah. And you had great sets. Yeah, yeah. You had a wonderful job. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. The audiences were fun. It was full houses, and uh, I got to work on new stuff too. So I really can't even enjoy a set unless I do new stuff. I, I feel like that's what's happened to me at this point. I get so bored with my quote-unquote yeah. old stuff that I'm like, if I don't try something new, I feel like a fraud. Yeah, I'm with you. It helps to have something new and fresh. All right, so this weekend I did a show at Zany's. I did a show Sunday night at Zany's. Uh, I've recorded uh, a, a set uh, for, for various things. I don't know exactly what. My manager wanted me to record it. I don't know exactly what we're going to use it for, but uh, I'm very excited about it. I had a sold-out show at Zany's, and uh, the show was great. I'm happy to have it recorded. I think mainly it's that living here, I don't have is like a lot of high-def um, video of me. Right, so it's like if you live in New York and LA, you do you know those comedy showcases, Gotham, something like that, the Laugh Factory. They always have high quality videos. You always see those people with that stuff. I don't always get that, so I think that's what she wanted was just to get me some high quality video, and hopefully we'll be able to you know use it for something good. And uh, but I did over an hour sold out show at Zany's, my first sold out show at Zany's. That's amazing. Very exciting, and I had a lot of friends that come, and the show was hot. What kind of milestone would it be in your career, Dusty, if I wasn't not there? What do you? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there, like so it, that's what you makes were actually it. at my show supporting me. No, I mean it's a true. <laughs> mi- no, we. Yeah, exactly. We know it's a true milestone in your career because I wasn't there, and that's that's been the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, thing. yeah. Well, uh, you know, it is what it is. But uh, what? But but you only only wor- drifting apart. You. <laughs> <laughs> no, you only weren't there because of uh, well, what we'll happened. We'll get into later. Yeah, what happened with your flights, and we'll talk about that in our on the road. I actually, segment. wasn't planning on going, even if I was in Nashville. But that's fine. Yeah, well, that's see, that's a thing that you don't even have to say out loud. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And uh, so I did that show. That was very fun. And then uh, yesterday, I just got back last night from NACA. I auditioned for NACA. Uh, for the college circuit, and uh, that was very fun. I was told before I went to watch the episode of Crashing on NACA, and they said that's pretty much how it is. So I went and watched that, and it is that's true. It is very close to uh, what that uh, episode's all about. Just awkward and yeah, a little bit. But you know, it's like when I used to sell pesticides, and my brother-in-law still sells um, 
cabinets, right? So they'll have these. He has these. He's actually in Vegas right now at a kitchen and bath show. The last one they had was in Orlando, and I went down there. Huge convention center, just bathtubs and sinks and kitchen cabinets in this giant convention center. And then they have different courses where people come up and they talk about their cabinets, their sinks, their bathtubs, and then people come and buy them. So that's essentially what this is. This is a big showcase of musicians, magicians, uh, hypnotists, uh, comedians, and, and everything that you could think of. And they go up on stage, they showcase, and then you go into a room, a uh, big conference room, and all of these people are at different booths, and college students walk around and book you. So I got a few bookings out of it already, and uh, it feels great. Just think the money that people are putting into college and that keep them in debt for years is going to <laughs> you guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, everybody. Other things, but also, yeah. but also you guys. Well, somebody needs to get some of that money. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? The colleges are just banking off of people. Yeah. Certainly and, not going uh, back into the economy. <laughs> yeah. And well, it is kind of. I guess it is. It goes to me. I'm yeah. going to spend, you know, all that money that I spent on a hotel room in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you better make them laugh. They're going to be indentured. Uh, financially indentured for the rest of them life. Yeah. Well, you got to make, you know, you just got to make a good choice on what your career is going to be, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And get so, into so that's where we've tech. been. And where are you going this weekend, Hannah Hogan? This weekend I'm going to Crackers in Indianapolis. Now I've uh, I've worked Crackers quite a few times over the last few years and I'm excited to be going back. I'm going to go into Crackers in Indianapolis. Um, and my friend, Courtney Warner, lo- local comedian here in Nashville, is going to be hosting at Crackers. So that's going to be very exciting for her. I think that's one of her first weekends hosting at a club. So I'm looking forward to that. Very exciting. How exciting, though? Very exciting. Okay. And then I'm going to go back on the road with Burt Kreischer. The machine. That's right. Tomorrow I fly out. And I go to New Orleans. We do two shows in New Orleans, and then we do two shows in Austin, Texas, and then two shows in Dallas, Texas. Is it New Orleans or New Orleans? Uh, I say New Orleans. I say New Orleans. Yeah, so it just just depends on where you're from, I guess. And uh, I like to. Well, I'm from Canada, but, but that doesn't matter how I speak. Going to Dallas, there's a, a country song called "I'm Going Through the Big D" and don't mean Dallas. Uh, it means he's going through a divorce in that song. Oh, and, okay. Uh, I'm going through the big D and don't mean Dallas. I can't believe what the judge had to tell. I think it's Mark Chestnut. Oh, yeah. That's could, fun. Could not be uh, Mark Chestnut, but I think it is. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So that's it. That's where we've been, where we're going. Uh, on our websites, uh, hannahogancomedy.com and dustyslay.com, you can find full details on the shows that we're doing. Uh, and if you want to get tickets, do that. Check those out. Uh, that's what we'll be up to. And then, uh, so what next? What do you want to do Let's next? do the car fight. Oh, car fight. Car fight. When me and Hannah travel together, as you, you know, I don't know if you can tell, but I mean, sometimes it's hard for us to even, you know, maintain not arguing with each other on the podcast. Well, let's let's paint an honest picture though. We have a happy marriage right now. We do have a happy overall. Marriage. We've been we've been very happy together. Yeah, other than the we're weird, very in love. Other than the weird comments that you make, like happy happy marriage right now, or <laughs> slowly drifting apart, or I wasn't going to come anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean it is. Happy. That's what makes our relationship work because you let me be myself, which is a little crazy and off kilter at times. <laughs> yeah, and I let you be yourself, which is real. Uh, Easy Rider, chill, dusty, who watches a lot of weird conspiracy theories. Right, exactly. 
so we, so so we work. So we get in the car, and you know, if we're on the road for too long, you know, we'll we'll have a fight. And uh, but since we're married now, we we get over the fights pretty quick because you have to because you know that you're stuck together for the rest <laughs> of your lives. So you cannot hold petty fights against one another, knowing that you are literally stuck with them forever. But this fight, we have fairly often. I mean, we're pretty good about getting over it quickly now. And but this fight, we had it again in Tuscaloosa. And uh, all right, so let's let's have your version of of the uh, fight, and then I'll have the defense. I'll come in like Johnny Cochran with my defense. Right. Well, I'd like a an opportunity to come back in a uh, second time after yours. All right. Because you're going to need to, because the audience will immediately be like, oh, yeah, Dusty's ridiculous. Well, the way you're going to try to frame it is, is, is you're going to try to make me look ridiculous. But I'm just going <laughs> to – from my point of view, this is the frustrating part. I mean uh, it happens a lot, and, I, and, she, and Hannah is not on her phone all the time. She, she, she's on a social media cleanse and all of this, so I understand all that, but – when Hannah goes on her phone to do anything, whether it be a text or a message, she is completely absorbed by the phone. Nothing <laughs> can pull her away from that. She is 100% in that. I actually know when she's on her phone and she's not listening to me because she's so agreeable. She'll just say yes, yes, yes to everything <laughs> that I ask, and that's how I know that she's not listening to me. But so, you know – you know, we'll be in mid-conversation. She'll ask me something, and then I'll go to answer, and she'll be on her phone. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that conversation. All right, let's stick to the evidence. Let's so stick to the day I am. in question. I'm getting, I'm getting to a point because, you know, you've You're making broad strokes well, right now. Well, you've already set it up that you're going to. I gonna, object. You already set it up that you're going to try to destroy me and your part. Yeah, get so nervous. I'm getting, I'm making a point here. And then so in this particular one, we're walking through the Best Buy. We're actually just killing a little time. So it's not that big of a deal. But we're walking through Best Buy, and you know we're, and we're just talking and having a good time. And suddenly, Hannah needs to respond to a text message immediately, and then she just stops where she's at, stands there for a good five minutes, just texting. And then I'm like, "All right, come on, let's go. Let's just go get in the car because we still have to drive to the venue." I'm like, "Let's just go." And then she sends some information to someone that she didn't want to send. And then she gets mad at me, and now it's my fault. She's like, well, maybe if you weren't rushing me. <laughs> and so uh, it becomes a big fight where it's like, all right, you know, I'm just trying to, I, you know, I'm just, I'm enjoying my time with you. And then you just disappear into your phone. And I don't want to just walk around Best Buy aimlessly. So, so then we fought about it. And, and all right, so now you're sad. All right. So I am not on my phone. Ever. I am on a social media detail. Like, no, Dusty, this is my turn you to talk. You can't say ever, though. Okay, I am on my phone when I need to be on my phone, which is intermittently, a couple times a day, I will send text emails. And admittedly, I am like the opposite of ADD. I have like a one-track focus. I'm a very focused person. I can't multitask. When I'm doing something, that is what I'm doing. I, I am not very agreeable when someone interrupts me when I'm doing something like writing or a specific task. I will admit that. However, because I'm not on my phone a lot, this is not a big problem in our relationship because I'm so rarely on my phone that when I am, it's just like, give me the second to do this thing, right? So I'll preface this by saying we, we took a four and a half hour drive down to Tuscaloosa, okay? We had a great car ride together. We talked. We hung out. I wasn't on my phone too much at all. We, we, we got along fine in the car ride. We had a good time. We went out and had dinner when we got to Tuscaloosa. Everything's going great. We I even have, walked out of a place. We even walked out of a place. You know, we're getting along. 
song where Hannah and Dusty just live in the dream in love, Canadian and America together again, right? So we're having a good time. Now, Dusty wants us to go into Best Buy and immediately I'm like, well, this is a red flag because Dusty always gets fired up in some sort of department Best Buy situation. He gets very aggravated by the technology. He gets very aggravated by the lack of uh, service. And Dusty, let me finish. And so immediately his mood always changes when we go into a place like this. Now, he's wandering around looking at electronics, stuff that he's not going to buy, but he's just looking at it. So I just start wandering off like I'm bored. I'm a little bit car tired because again we've been traveling you know and so I'm like you know what I'm going to go on my phone and oh okay I have some text so I had some text about information about the show I was doing the following weekend so I wanted to relay that information to the person that was traveling with me so I start going on my phone and immediately Dusty's like all right now you're on your phone now you're going to ignore me all right all right and he starts grumbling behind me and he's like let's just get out of here let's just get out of here I'm like I'm like, just let me finish this. Just let me finish this. He's like, like, no, I want to get out of here. I want to get out of here, right? And so I'm like, oh, gosh. But I'm like in the middle of texting. Now, if you've ever been in the middle of a task, it's irritating to to just not be able to complete your task. You just want to complete the task and, and then finish it. So he's grumbling behind me just like a just like a, oh, like a vacuum cleaner just trying to suck up everything. And I'm like, just all right, all right. So, so I end up shooting off this text and accidentally sending information I didn't want to send. And when I did that and I told Dusty that, I was actually fine. I was like, oh, I sent this stuff I didn't want to send. But then Dusty has to come in, twist the knife, and be like, well, if you weren't on your phone in the, in the Best Buy, maybe you would have done it. So that's where the fight started because you you couldn't just let me have made a mistake. Now you shame me for my mistake. And then I came back at you being like, you're the reason I was being rushed. I would have never made the mistake if you weren't rushing me. So then I came back at him, right? So this is where the frustration comes in is his obliviousness to his part in this problem, okay? I was willing to lay down and take what responsibility for my error. But when he, as an unloving husband, just tries to belittle me for the mistake I made, make me feel worse about it. Okay, that's when Hannah's okay. claws this come is out. out of control that's when now. Hannah's this claws is... come out. Don't make me feel bad about a mistake I've just made. This is out of You're control. You're supposed now. to be my man and make me feel better. No, no, now it's out of control. Well, you've I really, think I think the audience understands. Yeah, really he's, he's being this, ridiculous. You've really taken this to a new place. And it, and it aggravated Because you're just me. like, you're just like, oh, I was willing to lay down and take it. And it's like, no, you had <laughs> irritation in your voice about, ah, oh, I sent the wrong information. That's because you were yelling at I me. I wasn't yelling at you. you. We're yelling at I was me. Like, you don't know how to do anything else in a Best Buy but yell. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, let's go get in the car. Let's drive to the venue. You can finish texting in the car while I'm driving. But it, it, it aggravated but me because I, I know I'm never on my phone, and I know you're on your phone all the time. So for you to come at me with my phone habits right. is just absolutely shocking. But I'm on my phone all the time, but I can – I'm not on it all the time. I'm on it a lot. But I can also communicate with you just you fine you can. while texting. No, you can't communicate me with fine, but I accept you for who you are on your phone, no. and I don't bug you when you're on your phone, and I accept this is the gross world we live in where people are just a slave to their phone, I, and I will accept that from my husband because I know that you are a product of your environment is, even though it makes me sad in my I, heart. I do communicate just fine with you while I'm on my phone, and and you know that's true. Mm. And I can respond to you. I can answer questions. I can, you know, I can send my texts, but also be be uh, present. And you completely disappear into the phone. So 
Then this, for about two minutes, and then I'm in or, the world again. For as long as whatever you're doing takes. It I mean, never takes that long. It takes. Uh, so this. I am a hippie woman experiencing well, say, the moment to moment experience. I'd, I'll say we we had this fight. Uh, so then know, we so then we were but, fighting but on the me, sidewalk, and then we go into the car and we start actually fighting. But let me in let me the say, car. We we had this fight in over during the Super Bowl too. Like I don't ask Hannah. To, oh yeah. I don't ask Hannah to watch football with me. I know she doesn't care. <sighs> I'll ask her sometimes, but I know she's not going to do it so i don't really ask her to watch football with me i don't i don't try to press her on it you know and but the super bowl the halftime show was coming on and one of my favorite things to do is i love since i love conspiracy stuff i love to watch the halftime show and see if i can see some illuminati stuff happening and i like to make fun of the performances because i think they're always awful i don't even know why we have the halftime show but i think it's fun to make fun of it but you know it's just me and hannah here in the living room and so the whole time the halftime show's on, she's on her phone. And I'm like, hey, this is like five minutes. Why don't you just watch this with me? And then she blows up on me. Uh, well, it's like, first of all, there was never any, hey, babe, we're going to watch the Super Bowl together. Can you watch the Super Bowl with me? There was never any heads up, I want you to do this with me. So I find out that you're upset with me for not watching this friggin' half bowl time. In the in the middle of the uh, the half, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't understand. There, I was under contract well, to watch this with you. But that's the thing, though. You, and I had already driven nine hours that day home, so yeah, I'm vegging out in my own little but space. But that's the thing, though. You make that so serious. Like I have to uh, schedule out watching a ten minute halftime show. I just was like, watch this with me, so we can make. Because I love to watch TV with Hannah and make fun of it. That's one of our favorite things to do is to watch movies and make fun of it. Uh, and so I was like, that's going to be great. We're going to have a good time with this halftime show. And then she dove into her phone. Yeah, but you didn't express that to me. And you know I don't care about football. So it's like, why would I know that that's something that's important but to I you? But I can express it to you when you're on your phone because you don't listen to anything. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, people listen to this and are like, oh, yeah, he got upset with you for not watching the Super Bowl halftime. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. That was a thing. Yeah. Well, I That mean, was a thing. You see it the way that you want to see it. But the point is I wanted to enjoy that. Uh, making fun of something experience with you and and then it was gone and it's fine but so that's but, the point is now we're in the car we're okay. fighting over the back phone. to Tuscaloosa yeah we're having a fight okay the anger is seething the contempt is rising okay now we're fighting and we're like ugh, we have to go in and do the show we have to pretend like we're we're not fighting but we're fighting we're fighting in the car we're about a hundred feet away from the venue <laughs> people are probably looking at us. Um, and we have about maybe like a 20 minute fight and I, you know, and of course I just start bringing up my childhood and I'm like, I would have gone to LA, like just like all this stuff. Like, you know, you really got to, if you're really going to fight with your spouse, you have to bring up like the, the deep seated issues behind it all. So, so we brought up all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, uh, we, uh, we fight and then we go, we both apologize. Yeah. And then we get out and we go do a great show. Yeah, and we honestly. were fine. And we really apologized. Yeah, and honestly, we had a great show. It's really yeah. one of my most fun shows I've done in a while. Because this is the thing with us. Uh, like, when we, we used to go on the road a lot together when I first moved down here, and it was a bad scene. We ended up breaking up because we couldn't get along, and we didn't know how to fight with each other. Actually, Roy Scoville had a joke about learning how to fight with, with your spouse. But it, I think that that's true. You really do have to learn how to fight with your partner because we fought, and we got in a huge fight. And then I really meant it when I said, I'm sorry. And then you really meant it when you said you were sorry. And then we, you know, probably spent. Yeah, maybe I did. Maybe I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe that you meant it, which is the most important thing. Yeah. Right. And so, and so then we were fine and we really were fine. 
Yeah. You know, the underlying issues are still at hand and who knows, it could tear us apart in the end. But uh, right now we're okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we have car fights. We're real people yeah, we and we fight with fights. each other sometimes. We used to we used to fight a lot. I mean, it's funny that uh, in the car, but we'd fight on these long trips. I mean, it's like we'll be – I mean, we've even been in the car for a long time and like made the statement like – wow, we've been in the car like four hours. I'm surprised we haven't fought. And then like five minutes later, we're in like the most <laughs> heated fight we've ever had where I'm ready to jump out of the car at 70 miles an hour in hopes yeah. that the back tire will run over my head. I've given you the silent treatment for a six-hour car ride before. Yeah, I mean, I've wanted to. I have to, given that to you. I, I've been tempted to drive the car right off a bridge a couple of times <laughs> yeah. while we were fighting just to make, just to spite her. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's gotten real. I mean, because I'm not docile and you're stubborn. So, which also means I'm stubborn. Yes. <laughs> so, and I'm also very like, uh, I like to debate. If I wasn't a comedian, I would have been a lawyer. So, yeah. uh, I'm not laying down. And I think that my logic is strong. Yeah. So, let's. I got a swift mind. You do. You do. And I'll come at you with yeah, it. Yeah. And, you know, like. You like, never went to college. And honestly, I only went to theater school, but I feel like that gives me an edge. Well, I mean, I'm I'm pretty good, too. I mean, you, you like. Your big thing is you, you know, you love to remember everything that's ever happened and down to specific dates, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and that's, you know, that's the problem. Yeah, that is the problem because I hold you accountable. Well, you, you, well, I, accountable maybe, but you just. Hold a grudge, maybe. Yeah. You, you hold something. It's like you hold something until there's the right time. It's like a callback, but in an evil way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> callback in it. It is like that. All right. So that's our car fight. All right. So that's a new segment. I like it. Uh, yeah, I got fired up. Chances are, though, we'll have more of those. Yeah, and, we will, uh, we'll have more of those. Yeah. Don't you worry. We have some shows coming up together that we'll yeah. be doing so on yeah. the calendar. So. Um, so let's go into the um, – uh, let's lighten it up. Let's go into the movies uh, segment. All right. Yo, Adrian! I did it! Great Scott. This, this is a great segue because I think this is fun because we watched the movie The Highlander the other day, and we had never watched it. Neither of us had ever watched it. I'd seen it. Oh, you had seen it. I was the one that recommended it. Okay. You said it was such a great movie. Yeah. (laughs) uh, (laughs) No. What I said was I loved it when I was a kid. I remember I I was always obsessed with the Highlander when I was a kid, but I could never remember the name of the movie. So for a long time in my adult years, I was like, did I just make that movie up? Because I don't know who the actor was that was in it. I just remember a guy with a sword that traveled in time, yeah. but I, I couldn't remember the name of it. I mean, I really enjoyed the wrestling scene at the beginning of the movie, the fabulous Freebirds. I remember liking them as a kid, but I had completely forgotten about them. Yeah. And then, like, the, the wrestling scene, everybody's just screaming like animals in there, like that used to be in our trailer when we would watch uh, pay-per-view WCW and uh, or WWF. And uh, But anyway, I think the movie, it feels like, the Highlander was a well-written movie, poorly executed movie. Yeah. That's what I feel like. Yeah. I mean, because there was just so many things. It's like, well, what was happening here? Why was this going on? But there was a scene in particular that I liked because I drive very fast, very aggressive. I'm not a nice person in the car. I don't know what happens to me. I like to get to where I'm going, and I don't want anyone in my way. Please, please refer to car fights. Yes. And Hannah... Uh, 
it now granted uh you know my dad and his buddy came up and my my dad you know and his buddy i mean they've been known to drive fast cars they've been in rodeos they do all kind of things together and they both told me when we got back to my apartment how scared they were in the car with me um yeah because you're a crazy driver and i've been telling you that for years and you're always like ah you're just complaining you're just a weak woman and i'm like no you drive like a maniac and then i'm like my my family died in an accident you're like ah you're just using that as an excuse i'm like please slow down i'm terrified but there's a scene in the movie where the bad guy is driving a car and he's kidnapped this woman and she's in the passenger <laughs> side <laughs> and she's just screaming that. and he's driving like a <laughs> maniac and I'm like I'm gonna have to capture that and I'm gonna put that video out that is but it. that's like me and Hannah riding down the road in the car <laughs> I'm yelling at her, be quiet, and I'm just driving all fast, and she's throwing up her hands. Yeah, it's (laughs) like windshields are breaking, transport trucks are turning over. (laughs) Shut up, woman! Oh, that's yeah. That's so that's the Highlander. That was a good. That was it was a bad movie, but it was a good bad movie. Yeah, we had a, see. That's an example. That's what I we, and we make fun of it the entire time we're yeah. watching it, and that's what I wanted to do during the Super Bowl halftime show. We'll be riding wild Here is some music that I've been listening to. I've been listening uh, recently. Uh, someone turned me on to a uh, country singer now, and I actually haven't listened to much of that singer that they turned me on to, and I bought his album, so I'll cover that later. But a person that I found as a result on Spotify was a, a country singer named Charlie Crockett. Now, he's fairly new but got a real old sound, and so if you're a country music fan, I recommend it. Uh, he's got like – he covers like That's How I Got to Memphis – that's how I got to Memphis. That's how I got to Memphis. Good time, Charlie's got the blues. Some got to win, some gotta lose. Good time, Charlie's got the blues. And it's great. He's really got that old sound. Uh, in with new music, and I think it's incredible. Charlie Crockett, check it out. And then what have you been listening to, Hannah? Okay, well, I've been listening to some comedy albums. These are the comedians we like. And uh, I've been going deep down a Cat Williams hole. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it's been the best. Had to be careful, because weed is getting stronger every two weeks. Uh, in the I mean, early 2000s, before I was actually even really doing comedy, I used to watch Cat Williams. If all Cat the time. Williams hadn't gotten so many felonies, I don't think Kevin Hart would have the career he has now. I feel like Cat Williams was slotted to be the dude, and then he was just too bad. Yeah. He's too bad, you know? Um, but I, that's kind of why I love Cat Williams. I like a bit of a weirdo. I don't go for like the mainstream comedians at all. I love like somebody that like gets in their own way. <laughs> I, used to be, uh, I used to be wilder when I was younger, and I really like Cat Williams. But I mean, yeah. I hate to feel like a prude now, but he's, a, he's too dirty he's, for me He now. is dirty, and he's you know, st- listening back to some of his content certainly doesn't age well with woke society. I mean, some of his... Jokes on homosexuality are definitely a little problematic. Um, but, oh, I actually have another 
comedian I want to reference in that term too, but uh, he he's funny. And then I also got into like kind of a YouTube thing where I was like watching interviews with him. So I'm kind of just like Cat Williams is such like a curious question mark to me, and I love anybody that like it kind of goes against the grain, even yeah. if it hurts them. I just like yeah, I like people that get wild too. I do think that's fun, yeah. even though I I do a cleaner, tamer comedy. Yeah. I love to see a comic get wild up there, especially yeah. if they're funny. If you're getting wild just for the sake of being wild, it's not fun. But uh, now I also have been listening to Bill. Hicks. I've been listening to a lot of comedy, actually. I listen to some of Bill Hicks's older stuff, and um, like everyone really reveres, reveal, 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 rev, rev, reveres, reveres. Oh my gosh, I really struggle on that. Reveres Bill Hicks, and you know he has some obviously some really great stuff, and I think he was a bit of ahead of his time, but he was also very of his time because there was a joke he did, um, where he was kind of bemoaning the fact of you know, pop music in the early nineties or late eighties. And he was talking about like Debbie Gibson and how awful she is and how music has no soul. And he proceeds to do a comedy bit where Jimi Hendrix rapes Debbie Gibson. And it is a graphic, graphic bit. I've never heard that. No, it's like a graphic bit where Jimi Hendrix rapes her. And, and I'm listening to it thinking this is awful. This is a terrible, terrible bit. And Bill Hicks also had a lot of egregiously sexist stuff. He he had some really kind of not good things to say about women at all. And, I mean, it was very of the time of, like, late 80s, early 90s. But I feel like, you know, it's hard to listen back to those people because you only remember the bits, you know, where he, you know, disses marketing and advertising. But you don't remember that he also had a, a pro-rate bit where he just – and he also made comments about, you know – having sex with minors and stuff like that it, within all that, that, that album, like, you know, talking about how Debbie, Debbie Gibson was like a child and then having sex with her. And it was like very weird. And so when I was listening to it, I thought, okay, well maybe Bill Hicks is not going to be uh, one of the people that I mention when I say I respect a comedian, because it is hard to listen back to some of that stuff. Well, Bill Hicks, I mean, that's the thing too. It's like, he does have some really funny stuff, but I've listened to entire albums of his where he's not really getting laughs. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like him. But yeah, I mean, yeah. people are always like, oh, like he wasn't big in his time. I'm like, well, maybe there was a reason for that. Right. <laughs> maybe he yeah. wasn't getting, like, maybe he wasn't doing the job as much as he should have been. Totally. But anyways, yeah, check. I forget what album it's on. It's it's one of his earlier albums. Um, yeah, he's just, living in New York at that time. But he starts talking about, like, music and Debbie Gibson, and then he goes into, like, a full throttle rape bit. So. Well, yeah, I mean, and people are always so quick to label everyone a genius. And, this, you know, and it's like, you know, some people are just good, and they have some good jokes. And it's like, yeah. it doesn't make them a genius. Yeah. Know? I mean, and I'm, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not the call it who's a genius and who's not. But yeah. sometimes, you know, I just think people throw that word around like, like, you just like someone, suddenly they're a genius. Yeah, but I also feel like people are only, like, a quarter fans. People only know, like, the hits. Someone did call me a genius on Twitter the other day, so they're not always wrong. Yeah, someone mm. someone referred to me as a genius because of one blog that I wrote, and I thought, well, that's a little bit. <laughs> like, I wrote one thing. I'm a genius. Wow, all right, thanks. All right, so now the on-the-road segment. They're on the road again. Hen and Dusty are on the road again. Telling super funny jokes to all their friends. And I still on the road again. Yeah! Okay. Okay, so we're on the road. So So this is this is Hannah back in Houghton, Michigan. She flew to Houghton, Michigan, flew to Chicago, then to Houghton, did her shows, 
All right, so I did shows Friday and Saturday night, set to fly back to Nashville on Sunday. Huge snowstorm in northern Michigan and Chicago. Huge snowstorm. All the flights are delayed. There's no there's no flights, okay? So I'm sitting I sit in the airport in Houghton all day. I'm talking from 11 a.m. to no, I, yeah, 11 a.m. to about 8 p.m. when I finally give up and just go back into Houghton and get a hotel. So what happened was once I realized that the flight was going to get delayed, I attempt to find a taxi. There's no taxis in this place. There's no lift. There's no drivers. I'm I'm asking the airport for any number I can call, right? And I call all these numbers. No one's picking up. I'm like, great, right? So then somebody at the airport overhears me and he gives me this number. He said, call this number. This is the driver I've been using since I've been in Houghton. I said, okay. So I call up this number and the guy picks up and he's like, yeah, like he sounds like a real hoser, like Canadian, but like an American Canadian. And, I, and, and I'd like to say this before. I just want to give some context where I'm at during this. I'm about to go on stage. I'm record. I'm at Zany's. I'm about to record my my video. I'm pumped. Sold yeah. out show. Uh, Connor Connor Larson has gone up. Uh, Dan Whitehurst has gone up. Show's crushing. Hannah's. I'm talking to Hannah. She's going. Yeah, I'm about to get in the car. Uh, seems a little creepy. I don't know who the guy is. Uh, yeah. So this seems sketchy. And I was like, okay, make sure you let me know when you make it back to your hotel safely. Right. And then I go on stage. Okay. Keep all right. Going. So I call this guy and I'm not thinking anything, right? I'm just kind of like, all right, just get me out of this airport. Get me to this um, hotel. Now, this is pitch darkness. I'm in the middle of nowhere. It's winter. I don't know this city. It's a very small town, right? So as the guy's on his way to pick me up, it occurs to me that I might be about to be killed, right? Because all of a sudden I, I realize my gender. I realize my vul- my own vulnerabilities. My femaleness like slaps me in the face. I'm like, ah, shit. I'm like, ugh. I could get raped and killed tonight. Like, this is annoying, you know? So I'm like, well, I know Dusty's got this big show. I don't want to stress him out by texting my husband and being like, hey, like, I think I'm about to be stabbed, you know, or I could be stabbed. I just don't want to stress him out. I don't want to bother him. I want him to, like, focus on his show. But I am aware that she's getting into a car with a strange man. Yeah. So what I do is I end up texting one of my girlfriends and – and I just start blowing up her phone being like, hey, I'm about to get in this car. I'm just going to text you the whole time because if they end up killing me, I want you to have all this information. And I texted her things like, if I text you a Canadian emoji, call 911. Like I was texting her stuff like that. So she eventually starts answering my text like, oh my gosh, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. So I get in the car and she's like, well, just text me every 30 seconds to let me know you're okay. So I'm just going back and forth with her the whole time. It's about a 15 minute car ride. And it was a shady car ride. I mean, I'm not saying the guy was shady, but he when he when he when I called and made the call, he was like, "Yeah, there's going to be another dude in the car with me." And I'm like, "Oh, great, backup for him. Okay, cool, someone to help him with the deed. You know, put me in the trunk, kind of thing. To four hands is better than two. You know." So they're driving, and it's cold. The wind, the wind, the window is down for some reason. I'm too afraid to ask it up. You know, he starts asking me where I'm from. I'm, I'm like Boston. You know, I'm just lying. Like I'm just like not. So I'm texting my girlfriend the whole time. I'm like, okay, I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. There's no Canadian emojis. So anyways, he drops me off at the hotel. Everything's fine. But – and so, then the, and so Dusty's show yeah. is still happening. So I just am like, well, I'm not going to bother him when he's on stage. And I was tired. So I was like, I'll text him in like an hour when his show will be over. So I got on stage. <clears throat> I performed for an hour. I came off stage. I went out. I said, thank you. You know, I stood by the door. 
telling everyone, thank you for coming in, you know, coming to the show, taking pictures with people, you know, doing that sort of thing. That took another 30 minutes or so. So an hour and a half has gone by since Hannah has gotten in the car with a strange man. And then I look at my phone and notice that there's no text from her. There's no call from her. So I, I start calling her and she's not answering. <laughs> she doesn't answer at all. I start Again, calling. on a social media detox, I'm not on my phone. I call over and over again. And now I, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm normally pretty cool and I don't think the worst. I don't worry about things. But at this point, I'm starting to think, well, well what's happened? I don't know anything about Houghton, Michigan. So I go online because we share a credit card. So I go look at the credit card and I see what hotel she's she's bought. So I call the hotel and then I ask for Hannah and they're like, oh, well, I don't see her name on the reservation. So I guess she's checked in. And I'm like, yeah, but can you tell me if she checked in or not? I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> and uh, she goes, do you want me to just connect you to her room? And I was like, yes. And then so the the phone rings in, in Hannah's room. She's like, hello. And I'm like, hey, she's like. She says, hey, but like in an annoyed way. Like, what are you doing calling me here? And I'm like, and I'm like, listen, I don't want to talk about it right now. I just wanted to make sure you're okay. I'm glad you're okay. She's like, yeah, I didn't want to bother you while you were on stage. I thought I was being a good wife. And I'm like, you're not bothering me by texting me and telling me that you made it to the hotel okay. Well, the second I heard the phone ringing in my room, I'm like, oh, great. And then I checked my phone. Sure enough, eight missed calls from Dusty. I'm like, oh, he's about to yell at me. <laughs> well, I'm just like, I mean, why are you not letting me know? Like, like first off. Because I've been stuck in an airport in northern Michigan for no. three days. I'm tired. Before, I'm exhausted. I'm just I like, called, Before I called, I sent a text that said, are you okay? Question mark. All that she had to do was send a text that said, yes, at my hotel. I looked at my phone at 10 p.m. And, that, and there was nothing from but, you. And I was like, okay, he's still at his show. But it, at 10.24, I look at my phone and I've had eight missed calls and one text from you. So in 25 minutes, all of this has happened. It, it, that's, yeah, that's a long span of time. The well, moment you got to the hotel, you should have texted me and said, hey, just want you to know, I know I told you I was getting in the car with a strange man. You need to write a list of things that I need to do because yeah. I don't know the things I need to do if you don't tell me the things but I need to do. Letting me know that you successfully made it out of a car with a strange driver is should be top of the well, list. Well, moral of the story is after my mom died, my dad let me do whatever I wanted. I'm not used to people asking me to check in with them because I've always been given 110% freedom. So now that I have a husband that cares about me, I'm still getting getting used to checking in and knowing that someone cares. Yes. Well, yeah, that's a fun story, though. All right, tell the pilot story, and then we'll do food on the road. Oh, yeah. So on my way up to Michigan, um, I was in Chicago, and we were about to fly from Chicago to Houghton, and we're in the plane, and the pilot comes on. He's like, Bruh! all right, ladies and gentlemen, I have a pretty grim weather report there is a terrible blizzard happening in northern Michigan, zero visibility, thunder and lightning, stormy hail pellets coming down in all directions, 50 mile per hour winds. Anyway, sit back and enjoy the ride. <laughs> I'm going to do my best to get you there. Yeah, I'm going to do my best to get you there. <laughs> you never want to hear a pilot say, I'm going to do my best. No guarantees here, guys, but uh, I'm going to try to get us there safely if I can. Yeah, it's just like a whole bunch of bad info, and then here we go. What I hate on an airplane now is like the pilot is also like a credit card salesman. He's like, uh, sit back, enjoy the ride, and uh, also if you want to purchase it, if you want to get a credit card, you can earn, and it's like, 
I want you to just be the pilot. I don't want my pilot to also be a salesman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just be the pilot. I want you to focus on that. All right. Now, food on the road. I said food on the road. Food on the road. All right. So Hannah was trapped in an airport, and there was no food, no restaurants in there. And They, eventually, they didn't even have coffee at the airport. That had, was the big killer for and me. they eventually brought a couple of Ugh. boxes of pizza, and she was like, what is this, like one slice of pizza? And yeah. then they kept bringing it, and they brought so much. Jeez, you're telling the story almost like it happened to you. Yeah, because you just told it to me. Why don't you sit back and let me tell my story? And then – I was at I was at Love's. Oh, I went to Love's, right? I want to tell this, okay? Mm. I went to Love's. And they had these cups of fruit. I like to get the cups of fruit at Love's because I feel like that's one of the healthier options to go with. And I know that you can get these cups like two for four. I know they're two for four dollars. I know that. But I grab one because I only want one. Mm-hmm. But I go to the register and the lady's like, you know, you can get you can get two for four. And I'm like, okay, I'll get another. Like, why is that? I knew it was two for four. I didn't want two of them. But the moment she suggested it, I bought two. Why would I do that? Because um, you're an American product slave? <laughs> yeah, maybe so. And then, so I got, you know, cantaloupe and grapes. And then when I got the grapes, she was like, great minds think alike. I was going to tell you those grapes are good today. And uh, maybe she was just dang charming. I think so. She's just charming you. And so, and then when my dad and his, uh, his buddy Eddie were up, uh, we went to the IHOP here in uh, Madison, uh, and um, uh, this waitress, uh, you know, this was a weird IHOP. I'll probably never go back to it. And the waitress had like this, you know, real kind of Louisiana accent, and she kept being like, everything that she said at the end, it would be like, baby, sugar, honey. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'll get you that coffee, baby. You know, that kind of thing. I love that. And uh, my friend, my, my dad's friend Eddie was like, Where'd you get that accent from? And the and the lady was like, uh, Louisiana. And he was like, I figured it was Louisiana. So a little while later, she comes back and he's like, What part of Louisiana? And she was like, You know, I don't even remember. I was twelve when we left, so I don't remember. And I'm like, Twelve? <laughs> like that's twelve years. You should remember something about where you lived. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like twelve's not a I don't remember age. Like, I don't remember age as, like, cut off as, like, two. If you live somewhere past two, you got to have at least a memory of it. Or maybe you ask a family member at some point, what part of Louisiana are we from? You you left so long ago that you don't remember, but yet you uh, maintained a strong accent from the place. She's trying to hustle you, that Waffle House waitress. I know. So. All right, we got to do advice to comics. So that, okay. Oh, yeah. Advice, advice to So, and that'll be that'll be our last segment. We got advice to comics. Um, this is uh, I got two things, and uh, the first one I retweeted this the other day. This is by Jackie Cation. Is that her name? Yeah, you're a fan. Yeah, and I I, I am also a fan. Uh, I did a show in. Uh, Venice Beach when I was out in LA and Jackie was on the show and I had never really heard her stand up and she was hilarious I really really enjoyed her set but she tweeted this and it said your stand up doesn't have to be unkind or cruel I swear oh and you can still swear and to me that this just resonated right because I think 
that a lot of times I put so much emphasis on comedy being clean that I, I kind of lose the point of what I'm talking about, right? My advice is always to be clean for the um, for the fact that you can get more gigs and that you can monetize clean comedy better than you can dirty comedy. But just in general, if you're doing comedy, I just thought that this was a great note because it's like you can be a dirty comic that is still still doesn't hurt people's feelings. That's not mean to people. That's not targeted at some direct group of people. There's a you know a real wave in comedy where people feel like that a certain group of people is deemed uh, not nice, and it's like now we can make fun of that group of people. And it's like you don't have to be mean. You don't have to. You can like Burt Kreischer, I think, is a great example of someone who's a pretty dirty comic, but still like a family man. Like I feel like you can watch Burt and he drops the F-bomb a million times, but you don't really hear the F-bomb so much because he's talking about his kids and his wife and he's having a good time. And it seems like that he has a happy family. And so he's not mean with it. Does that make sense? Mm hmm. So I just think that that I don't know I just think that that's that's a good tip is like just don't be mean like there's no reason like people that come to see your show should be able to leave your show and be happy that they came. Yeah, but people that you like it's subjective people that you think are being mean they probably think they're being righteous. Well, I just think that that that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's not up to me to tell you whether you're being mean or not. But it's up to you to decide is the is the comedy that I'm doing mean? Am I being a mean person up here? Can I be nicer? And do I think that I'll get more appeal if I am nicer? Does that make sense? Yes. And so that's all. I mean, that's not a huge thing. But the other thing I want to talk about is in in preparing to record this thing that I did on Sunday, uh, my idea was I wanted to record a lot of older jokes that I that I used to do because. You know, I want to use a lot of this video for social media content and whatnot, and I don't want to burn up a lot of my brand new jokes. So I thought, you know what, I'll dust off some old jokes that at one time I thought was really funny and uh, and just record those again just for the sake of social media content. And one joke in particular was one of the first jokes that I wrote in 2008, and I really liked it, and it was such a hit for me. But as I was telling it, I was like – this joke is not as good as it used to be. I was just walking around the house kind of rehearsing it to myself, and I was like, this joke is just not as funny as it used to be. I was like, how can I make this joke funnier? So I just thought, you know what? This this joke is a true story. It's something that really happened to me. So I started to remember uh, old details of the real story as if I'm telling the story to someone as opposed to telling it on stage. So I start to remember real details, and I start writing those in the joke. And as I'm doing it, I made the – because the end of the joke was the real funny part. That's where I had the real punchline in it that's like, boom, nailed it. you know. So I was like, I need to make the front part funnier. But because over the years, I've become a better writer and a better comedian that I made the joke almost too good in the beginning that the big punch at the end wasn't as funny as the beginning. So – I think, you know, if if I have any advice to share, I think that it's that if you're working at comedy and you're performing all the time and you're writing all the time, you are getting better whether you realize it or not. So, if you have a joke that's not funny right now and you can't figure it out, don't throw it away. Write it down, put it in a file somewhere and come back to it later. Try it later. Don't throw it away because you're going to get better. You're going to get funnier. If you keep writing, you keep working it. So the next thing you know, 
that joke that you couldn't make funny now suddenly is going to be a hit for you. Yeah. Do you like that? Yeah. I feel good about it. I feel I feel good and great about it. Good. Good. Mm. We're having a good time. Yeah, I feel like we really kind of let let some of our uh, own domestic issues out on this podcast. Well, I, I feel like this was very good. I Did mean, you like it? Yeah, I feel like this is a good podcast. I had All a good right. time. This, uh, in the end, I feel like this was a hot podcast. And Dusty, I want to let you know that even though we fight, I do love you. Well, I appreciate that. I don't want to get all weird and emotional on the podcast, <laughs> so I, I, I appreciate wow. you saying that. And, I, uh, and, I uh, but you know, like I say, <clears throat> our you've social- done so much for me. You've helped me speak with a southern accent about half my life now. Yeah. Well, uh, this weekend we have shows: Indianapolis, uh, and then I'm in New Orleans, Austin, and Dallas. New Orleans, New uh, Orleans. Our website: HannahHoganComedy.com. I am DustySlay.com. Uh, social media, no point in giving out Hannah's because she's not going to check it anyway. Yeah, in fact, if you are following me, go ahead, unfollow me. <laughs> I don't need you. And my social media, uh, my favorite one right now is Instagram, and that is at Dusty Slay. And then my Facebook fan page, I'm beginning to use that more than the personal page. So my fan page is just Dusty Slay, but it'll be a picture of me waving. And... Um, also, if you are following me on social media, don't unfollow me. The vagaries of my moods are savage. Yeah. And Twitter, I'm still active on, but I kind of hate it. Um, and then my YouTube channel, I try to post a lot of stuff there. I try to keep that going. So that is also Dusty Slay. And I got a lot of videos up there, and I'm going to be putting out more and more content. Uh, I'm, I'm slowly getting it out there, but I'm getting better at doing it. And so check that stuff out. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add here, Hannah? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. Uh, thank you for listening. If you have never uh, rated us on iTunes, please do that. Give us a five-star review. Write, write down a review if you'd like. Uh, uh, just nothing less than five stars. If yeah, you, if you have questions for advice to comics and stuff, oh, or if yeah. you have any kind of questions. Yeah, if you, if you like want to send a story to us. Or if because we'll still read a story if we find it interesting, or if you have a video you'd like me to watch and try to help you with, I, I'll watch it. And uh, I may not watch it right away; it may take a while, but uh, I will do it. And if and, you agree with me that Dusty was being untoward with our car fight, then you write in and tell that. If you agree with him, you keep your mouth right. shut and send it to Dusty Slay Comedy at gmail dot com, and I'll get it. And, and so, subject line: Be nice to Hannah. Yeah, I mean, if you want. I mean, but, you know, I'm going to be the one that reads it first. Subject line, you're lucky she with you. (laughs) Subject line, get it together, Dusty. She's Uh, an angel. And, uh, you know, shout out to all the people that I met at NACA and all the people that I met at the Grand Old Opry and all the people that came to my show at Zany's. I appreciate you. Love you guys. And I'm Dusty Slay. I'm his wife. Hannah Hogan. This is the We're Having a Good Good Time time podcast. Thank you.